Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, your host, Angelica. everyone and welcome back to another episode of a little bit of everything with me today my guest is a designer songwriter fashion journalist who is interested in colors and clothes made folks happy before she created smile songs she had become a award-winning songwriter and graphic designer please help me welcome my guest sharon to the show how are you doing today I'm doing great, Angelica. It's sunny and beautiful here in Northern Colorado, not your typical January day, and sunny definitely makes me happy. How's it going with you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking, and I wish it was sunny here, but it's a bit gloomy. I don't know what's going on this year. I was hoping for some snow because I've grown to love winter and snow, but it's been, it's been mild, which is okay, but it's very unusual for January. Huh. There's something about January. It's a, it's a weird month, right? Because we start the new year and a lot of the excitement of the holidays is kind of faded out. And when, it add, when you add the grayness into it, it's a hard slog. It literally is sloggy. I think if that's not a word, we should invent it. It's sloggy when January is gray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I can, I can agree with you on that because, you know, people say that in January, February, it, it's like the most depressing months. And um, it doesn't help when the weather is really, really gloomy. Well, I'm t- you can come to Colorado. We have a guest room. You can come stay with us. We'll give you some sunshine. Ooh, that was, what is that? That has to go away right now. <laughs> How do I make that happen? Sorry about that. That should not be happening. Um, no worries. It happens. <laughs> yeah, it might keep happening because I don't know how to reduce that volume and not... Um, uh, turn me down. Well, all right. So if people ding, I'll just pretend that they're all saying, Hey, this podcast is awesome. It's social media going wild about us <laughs> <laughs> while we're recording. Oh my God. Um, but it's, it's all good. It's, I, I have nieces who come over cause I live with my in-laws. So you hear the screaming in the background. I'm kind of like, <laughs> it's life. It's like learning to work with the soundtrack of life. It's a good, it's a good practice. Oh, for sure. For sure. Definitely. But I appreciate the invite going to Colorado because um, I've never been there. And I know my friend's been there so many times during the winter because she, she loves to ski. And every time she's like, oh, you know, you should come with me. You should come with me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's it's always like you, you got other priorities. It's not like before when, you know, you, you're single and you're just like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. I can just pick up and leave wherever, but now it's more of a, okay, well, let me, let me just check in and uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> it's a real difference. I started watching the Leslie Jones stand-up special last night on mm-hmm. Netflix, and she was talking about the difference about being in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s, and it was hilariously on point. And I think that was one of the things she was saying about like, when you get to your 30s, I uh, think you have to start making some grown-up decisions and you're not as free to go and be a wild and crazy thing as you might have been in your 20s. So yeah, life, yeah, when you're, when you're not single anymore, it's more of a duet. No, for sure. Definitely. It's, it's a huge difference and quite a, a transition. I know I've, I've been married for about three years, but um, I, I've been so independent. So it's, it's still a transition for me that you've got somebody else. Like emotionally, you're being taken care of, but like everything else and financially, of course. But I don't know. Sometimes you're just like, I just, you're, it's like, it's weird. I know I'm saying this, but it's, it's like, I, you know, you want to be alone, but then you don't. It's like, you can't mm-hmm. make up your mind, but this is why we create the space between each other. So that way we can obviously, you know, be with each other when we really want to. And it's not like you're forced to because, you know, everyone's got needs. So, yep. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Sorry. What are you going to say? I'd say it's just crazy how that happens. <laughs> it, it is. It's definitely an adjustment. Uh, my, my husband and I co-parent 
our dog and she was with me initially and we were at the vet yesterday and they were asking questions. It was really hilarious because he'd start to talk and I'd be like, la, la, la. oh, right. You actually, you know, too, it's not just me. So there's that relief, but there's also the habit of used to, you know, being responsible for it all and being solo. It's, mm -hmm. it's an interesting transition for sure. Yeah, definitely. Now you started off as a designer and then went into songwriting. I did. Well, so my background is I started out as a fashion journalist. We're going back a little while in New York mm -hmm. City. And I was interested in finding out how clothes worked, how style works. Like, why does wearing this make us feel good? Why do, you know, high heels kind of boost our energy? All these kind of uh, quirky questions about fashion. And then from there, I was um, in the cable television world in a creative services department. So learning graphic design as a copywriter as well. And then when I moved to Colorado, I became a songwriter and I ended up putting all those pieces together in the project that I'm, I'm doing now. So it's interesting how things uh, add up in ways that you might not have expected when you started out. Wow. Yeah. So with all of this, it's crazy how we talk about life and transitions. Now, when you were in the fashion industry, how was it to transition out to creating smile songs? That's a great question. I think if you had talked to me when I was writing about fashion and so in love with fashion, mm -hmm. I don't think I could have ever imagined that I would be doing what I'm doing now, which is actually making uh, items of clothing like t-shirts that sing for you and designing the, the graphics on them. And yet it feels so right now. I feel like I almost went to boot camp in the earlier parts of my career to be able to be doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's so, it's, it's so good that, did you even like being in the fashion industry? Like really? Like were you, was that a passion or over the years did you just grow out of it? That's a, another great question. I loved it, but I am an introvert. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was working in fashion uh, PR. And one of my jobs was to call up the press and uh, get them to write about whatever it was. And I would say to my boss, listen, I will write you the world's most amazing press releases. I will create stories that are resonant and beautiful. Please don't make me pick up the phone. Please don't make me talk to anybody. Please, please, please. And it didn't make sense to anybody at that point. They were like, this is the, this is the job. So when I moved on to the next thing, I have to admit, I was really grateful to not be the person. And this is a true story. So I had to uh, pitch this new product called the scrunchie, scrunchie, the scrunchie, when it was invented and calling up the press. And we'd have to say, we're going to send you this product, but we can't tell you how it works. And I remember a journalist saying to me, I can cut it open and see that there's an elastic inside. So I'm not sure like what secret you're trying to protect. And I was like, ah, you're right. I'm so embarrassed. I'm sorry I bothered you. So I wasn't, I wasn't the most savvy um, mm -hmm. PR person. That wasn't my happy place. But the art of it um, and the brilliance of it and the creativity and the colors and being backstage at the shows and seeing how all that happened, the backstage, you know, that, that aspect of it to me was fascinating and beautiful. And I'm still glad I got that opportunity. And uh, it was a fun time to be in New York City for sure. Yeah, no. And especially New York City, the city of fashion, mm -hmm. the city of even music. Oh, yeah. And creativity on, on so many levels. And the things uh, on, on a, any given night, uh, going out with my roommate at the time and going to these clubs and parties and being part of this whirlwind and uh, a lot of cheeseburgers, milkshakes, and Milky Way darks in my diet at that time, which was also amazing. And they didn't uh, add up at all. Like I could mm -hmm. live on that and be happy and healthy and energetic and on four hours of sleep and dancing all night. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> but I couldn't do it now, but boy, it was a really good time then. No, for sure. Definitely. And can you explain to me what is an introvert? Sure. So there are two ways that our brains work and our, our sort of internal chemistry works. And one way is if you think about our energy, our batteries, what recharges them, introverts get recharged by being alone and doing quieter things, reading, listening to music, walking in nature, where an extrovert might find that her batteries get recharged going out into the world and uh, being in a busy environment, a shopping mall, going to a party, and that revs her up. 
It's just that difference. It's almost that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that is so, pretty. That's pretty simple, right? <laughs> it is. I mean, I know it's, it's a it's a topic that can be kind of charged for people um, where introverts may be labeled as shy, and you can certainly be shy and be an introvert. You can also be shy and be an extrovert. It's really kind of what floats your boat, what charges, what energizes you, what makes you feel um, supported and delighted and excited. And again, I know that sounds kind of funny. Like I can get super excited about staying home and sitting on the couch with a newspaper and the dog. And that can be a thrill ride for me. Just that's how my brain works. Mm -hmm. Can you be both? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there are folks who will say, uh, I am really delighted and excited to uh, go outside to a party and then I want to come home and maybe spend the next day at home or uh, all sorts of variations on it. It's, it's funny, there's a Twitter trend today, which I just saw uh, about introversion. And it's really half the population. When you read about it, it's also about how the length of your neural pathways, how you digest information. Mm -hmm. So introverts tend to have longer neural pathways and more activity, I believe, in the prefrontal cortex, mm -hmm. which means that we process experiences really deeply. So I can look at a leaf, and by the time I'm done looking at the leaf, I'm like, yeah, that was a lot. Feeling really good about that. Um, now I need to chill out. It's, it's just <laughs> a, a different way of being in the world. And again, there's a crossover, big crossover between extroversion and introversion, mm -hmm. in, often in the same people. Wow. Cause I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, what really am I introvert or extrovert? And I'm like, I can be both like recharging. I can recharge being a well, I don't know. I feel like I consume so much being alone that if I go out, I become like alive again because <laughs> I'm overworking myself. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a lot to think about. I got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, there's some great resources out there. It's a uh, great uh, websites and Instagram feeds. Introvert Darling is a really fun one, or Introvert Dear, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, and Susan Kane is the author of a great book called Quiet mm -hmm. that really defined things for me. And, and really, I know people say it was a life-changing book, but for me, it was a life-changing book because it gave a name to a way that I'd been being in the world forever and didn't have a word for. And I find that once we have a name for something, it grounds it. You know, it supports it, gives a foundation for saying, hey, I, you, know, my, you might not understand this, but there's a term for it. I'm an introvert and here's how it works. And it's cool even if we don't uh, share the same comfort zone. That's really okay. Yeah, for sure. Now with Smile Songs, it's hear the songs our unique art and wearables sing. Mm -hmm. Explain more to me about it. Sure. So if you can picture a framed poster mm -hmm. or a t-shirt and a t-shirt uh, with a fun design on it, something that makes you smile and is really inspiring. Like, uh, I have one design that is a flower in a flower pot growing up and the stem actually has the words on it that say, may your bold dreams bloom and the flowers mm -hmm. blooming. That can boost your spirit with its message, with its colors. But we live in the world in many dimensions at the same time. So let's say we could be walking down the street, enjoying something and listening to a song mm -hmm. on our headphones, for example. Well, Smile Songs takes that same idea that combining multiple senses can make you even happier by adding literally the ability to hear a song from the art print or the t-shirt. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and the way I do that is to design a QR code or a web link so you could scan the art print or the t-shirt label with your phone. And I've custom written a song designed for that same message, that same helping folks feel good. And they go together. So mm -hmm. the May Your Bold Dreams Bloom print literally has a song that says May Your Bold Dreams Bloom. And so you get happy in a number of ways at the same time. Oh, wow. So this can be gifted to practically anyone. It really can. I'm focusing on uh, the upbeat message, the caring message, the kind of feeling that if you're someone who really loves you, who knows really what you care about most, 
gave you a gift. That's the smile songs feeling. And some of them are super fun and upbeat. We have an introvert AF poster and t-shirt that sings you an introvert power song, which could be great if you're the kind of person that needs a little bit of uh, emotional support and revving up and smiling before you go out into the world or on a date or a job interview. Mm -hmm. And then there are other things, really fun bee prints, uh, little buzzy bees who are smiling and uh, posters that say, I'm a buzz to be, and you could have your name there, like, so a buzz to be Angelica, and there's a happy bee smiling on it, and it's personalized, which makes oh. a super fun gift because it tells somebody, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's really cute. Thank you. I like that. So it really kind of, you put, if I'm understanding this right, yeah. where you take your favorite song that makes you happy and motivates you and then you can put it into art yeah i mean it's it's really creating the art and the song together mm -hmm. for people i'm always thinking about that kind and caring person who's out there in the world who's so special and so wonderful and isn't it nice to be able to tell that person those qualities of you are being recognized Mm -hmm. So you're a special person, you're a kind person, you're a great person. You're someone who has wishes and dreams and Smile Songs is really designed to cheer you on about all those things in both the art and then the song that's custom, I custom write for the art to go with it. So it's really delivering that message to your ears, to your eyes, to your soul, to your heart, sometimes to your funny bone. <laughs> and what else does Smile Songs offer? Do you offer any thing else along with the 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 song and the the artwork there's um singing art prints art prints that sing for you oh. there are personalized and unpersonalized i guess is the word t-shirts that sing for you there are bracelets and necklaces and those come actually with a link to the song because at this point i don't have the technology to engrave qr codes but i feel like that might be coming Maybe. There's greeting cards. Mm -hmm. They do the same thing. And they're really nice. They're on 100% recycled paper stock. So they're kind to the environment. And because they have that QR code and the link to the song, people keep them around. They frame them. They keep them even beyond the, the event that you gave it to them for. So that's a really fun, small gift of art. Mm -hmm. And then on the super duper scale, there are custom songs. So I will actually handcraft a song for you and deliver it to you on a piece of art, which is great if you're getting married, do custom wedding songs, or if you really want a gift of love that's super special for someone. And that takes me back to my journalism background. So I can interview you or the person that the song is uh, devoted to mm -hmm. and take special words in our conversation and phrases and imagery and use those to create both a custom song for you and a custom piece of art that'll sing it. Wow. That, this is so creative. Thank you. It, it, it was an idea that almost was a request at a live show. I perform as a songwriter, singer songwriter, mm -hmm. and I perform for people in very cozy environments. There's a, a winery up here in the mountains in Estes Park that uh, my husband and I perform at a lot. And our audiences, I call them jewel box audiences, where everyone's a gem. Yeah. Super nice people. And what I kept hearing from people was an interesting request. They were like, it feels so good to sit here and be in this environment where the colors are bright and the sun is shining. Or if it's night, you know, where it feels cozy and maybe then the sun is not shining, but we're in the mountains. But everything just that I'm looking at feels good. And then I'm hearing you sing, and wow, if there was a way I could have this and take it home and have it every time I wanted it, just that feeling and the music together. And I was thinking, yeah, that's really an interesting idea. It's not videotaping a show. That's There's a lot of cool videos that you can watch online. It's something a little bit more emotionally resonant and personal. What would that be? And that was the genesis of what became Smile Songs, the art prints, wow. and the t-shirts, and the, and the gifts that sing. And it, they seem to work. People really feel joyous and happy and supported and uh, celebrated when they give them and get them. And that, that's a dream come true for me. For sure. Oh, for sure. Definitely. 
and especially to our loved ones that could be like it, it would mean so much more to them absolutely i had a really neat experience over the holidays where i was doing an event uh partnering at a local store and i was there with my smile songs prints and posters and a woman came up and she said she was with her daughter and she said oh I, it's interesting it's the bold dreams bloom card again and she said I, I need this card. This card is great. And can, how can I hear the song? And I said, well, you could scan it, you know, right now, or if you'd like, I have my guitar here and I could play it live. And she said, well, what's the difference? And I said, well, if I play it live, it's going to be a little bit less perfected than the version on the song, but she said, no, no, play it live. It's cool. And I played it and she started to cry. Oh, wow. You know, and it was like happy, happy tears, but mm -hmm. Uh, and so that was a moment. And, she, and so that card now has that experience for her and she'll pass it on to the person she gives it to. And then they'll have that experience. And it's kind of a way of sharing love and happiness in a way that's genuinely meaningful. For sure. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Now with the startup of your business and this journey that you've from your trans transitioning from uh, the fashion industry journalist into songwriting and now small uh, song smile songs um have you ever felt because i know everybody who's in business they always have this amazing journey where yeah they've gone they've gone through hardships but you know they've learned from those challenges and and obviously they become successful and who they are today did you ever go through those challenges when starting this business oh yes ma'am <laughs> yes i think that and i think you've pinned down something that's so true that the creative person's journey the entrepreneur's journey the person's journey everybody's journey has those moments of crisis and uh, error and they actually end up going into the success that you build and i think I can't say that it's impossible to create success without failure, but I do think that failure actually can be our friend and help create, make something even better. Mm -hmm. And what did you learn from that? Well, are you able to tell us your experience? Sure. I, um, well, I can tell you sort of like the pathway to creating something yeah. that really holds together now, which the art and the t-shirts with the, the, the custom uh, create a QR code and they have the same colors and shapes that sort of uh, match the designs on the art and the web link works really well right now. And in fact, it has that sort of simplicity to it that lets people use it very easily. And I think your listeners may get a giggle when I tell you that my first idea was actually to make music boxes, oh. like, like big old yeah. wooden music boxes with mechanical uh, gears inside them. Mm -hmm. And I was running down that path, kind of the way that one runs toward a brick wall. Like I was running fast. I was like, I am going to make these. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a woodworker and I'm going to figure out a way to, you know, create the, these little metal mechanisms. And I, 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 and this is what I'm going to do. And this is the format I saw it, this project taking, because that, I guess that was what I thought of as an object that would play music. And thank goodness for a new friend of mine, we were out having tacos sitting on a little porch in the next town, also with a view of the mountains. I think the mountains give us a lot of clarity out here. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm gonna, and I'm going to, and I, right? So as opposed to what would be most helpful for my customer, what people really enjoy. I'm going to make these music boxes. I'm going to find a way. Da -da. And she looked at me and she said, can I just tell you something honestly? And I said, absolutely. And she goes, I don't like wood and I don't like boxes. And I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. That's right. Okay. So wood, wooden, the wooden music boxes are beautiful, but they may not be the best way to create a product that folks love in this day and age. And that would be, you know, useful on the go. Like if you were on your way to an event and you wanted to play this song for yourself, you know, which is more easier to have, to bring along a wooden music box and like open it and play it or to be able to have it on your phone, scan something on your phone and listen to it in your headphones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and it, it's kind of funny now, but if I told you the amount of blood, sweat and tears that I was pouring into something that was almost right, like one step away from right, but so far away from right. And 
how grateful I am to have a friend who was just honest and say, you know, you might be looking at this like a little bit cockeyed. What if you rethought some things? And that opened the door to what I'm doing now. Wow. That's, that's unbelievable. Like, that's amazing. It was, it was one of those like aha moments where I'm smiling because I'm saying it now when I think I'd forgotten about it, that I was going to do that. And, uh, I think one sign for me, at least that I'm headed in the wrong direction is when things are super hard and I'm miserable pursuing them. Like, I'm like, this is so hard and impossible, but that must mean it's the right thing because shouldn't the journey be difficult? Yeah. And I think hard work is involved in every good journey for sure, but maybe difficult and impossible might not be the best signs along the road that I'm headed in the right direction. Yeah. And, but hearing stories like this is what helps the, anybody, even anybody to really kind of think like this is normal having to go through a lot of hardships and challenges. That's what makes us, us after we become successful and it helps us kind of build, um, it, it helps us build us better and in hopes to help others to kind of like, okay, well, this is normal. This is what I've gone through. This is what you're going to need. And these experiences really help others, you know, kind of stay in tune and focus on their goals and dreams. Absolutely. And I think equally important for all of us is understanding that making mistakes and having tough times actually unites and connects us. It's not something that isolates us and shames us. Mm-hmm. It's once you start talking to absolutely anybody, everybody, this experience is so common. I think just until recently, I think folks didn't talk about it. And I feel like we're so much better now, better off now that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I noticed that more now in the past, like 10 years, people are actually talking more about their experiences, talking about their hardships, because really becoming a millionaire doesn't happen overnight, you know, does it, you know, Getting that gold medal doesn't happen uh, overnight. You know, it it all takes hard work and it's determination, motivation. And sometimes you may not get that gold medal, but hey, we can make changes. We can make uh, adjustments to your training. Um, If you're not going to get to become that millionaire in a certain time frame, maybe we need to work on other things to boost that up. So it's all a learning experience and a really awesome journey because this is why I love talking to people about their businesses because this way it's like, you know, there's so many unique stuff out there that it, our journey from the beginning was a tough one. Absolutely. There's a fun related story to this. I think I was doing a, a very small Smile Songs concert at a yoga studio. It's really fun. It was like 11.45 in the morning, breaking all the rules. Like, I'm going to do a show. You know, that was when it really worked for folks. And so we're sitting there and I was talking about one of the prints, which is a personal bravery certificate. And I was sort of confessing, I'm terrified of parallel parking. I don't know if you're a driver or not, but I'm a very reluctant driver. Mm -hmm. And we were talking, going around the room and everyone was talking about what they're afraid of. And the yoga teacher who is a world-class climber and an athlete and a very successful business owner confessed that she's terrified of goats. Wow. And I just thought that that was super fun and funny to hear. It it was like, just in the sharing of that, it's not exactly um, sharing a a failure so much as something that makes us human, a fear. And it's just ever since I, I knew that, I like her even more. I mean, I've always, I admire her. I like her. She's awesome. Always awesome. But then I was like, and who knew? And she has a fear of goats and yet goes on and, you know, and she's gone to goat yoga and faced her fears, but which, you know, again, to me, doesn't sound scary, but to her, it's terrifying. It's like her version of driving on a highway, which which for me is horrifying. Yeah, no, it's, it's the same similarity of fear that you go through um, being in a car or even afraid of goats. Like I'm sometimes afraid of dogs because one, I'm allergic to, it's like, I don't know. I, I never had a pet. So it's, it's a different interaction for me, but I'm also afraid of um, trying to think I'm very adventurous though. So there's a lot of things that I may not be afraid of. Um, 
because I, I, my parents have taught me to push the limits and kind of just conquer your fear and, you know, don't always be like, you're afraid of everything. And <laughs> yeah. So I know the biggest one is like, uh, animals sometimes depending, but I think it's the big, big dogs that scare me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And that, and the fact that you know that and you can say it and then to whatever degree makes you comfortable, choose to or not to interact with dogs. All of that's part of the process. Yeah, for sure. Now, outside of smile songs, what do you like to do for fun? Well, my husband and I have a musical duo. Uh, so we play music. When, when I'm not making music, we're playing music. Uh, that's one of the things we do. We're called the Jameson's Duo, named after the whiskey. Oh. <laughs> is super fun. He's an amazing fiddle player and mandolin player. Uh, so we do that. I also am a runner, uh, not, I wouldn't say I'm in a town where if you say you're a runner, that means you're a runner, like with a capital R, like I run, I jog. Mm -hmm. I, I love being outside in the morning. It's a great way to reset my brain and listen to some really fun old tunes on Spotify. I'm an enormous fan of the uh, singing in the shower playlist. If anyone knows that, it's a great guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to cook. So uh, again, a work in progress, but sometimes the stuff is really delicious and so much fun. I love the Food Network too. So that's my excuse for watching a ton of the Food Network. Oh my God. Yeah. The Food Network can get you uh, addicting. Oh. It's amazing. I was watching, have you ever seen a restaurant impossible? Um, I think I've seen a couple episodes, but it's been a while since I've, you know, was really watching it, but I, I, I've seen other restaurant shows. They're so great. I love all of them. This one, the Robert Irvine, the guy with the muscles just happened to confess. Uh, he said, well, my secret to like creamy grits is cream cheese. And we had some cream cheese in the fridge left over from New Year's Day. Uh, we have a little brunch here. And I thought, okay, well, tip well taken. We're having creamy like, you know, grits tonight. And it was amazing. I was like, well, that just changed my life. Thank you, reality TV or, you know, food TV. You're <laughs> useful and educational, not just a guilty pleasure. <laughs> and I'm sticking to that story. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> now are you watching any netflix series i just finished binging season three of the crown oh my gosh i think you're a crown person too am i right i am okay let's crown <laughs> let's let's crown, um, let's crown it out um what did you think of Queen Elizabeth taking on the role and how everything, her becoming queen affected everybody, even her relationship. Well, especially her relationship, mm. right? I, it broke my heart. Mm. I felt, it's probably been said actually literally in the show that she was almost like put into a coffin. You know, this young woman mm -hmm. with her future and her love of horses and her new, you know, life just beginning and then oh man i had never really thought that much about the queen i'm not saying i didn't respect her not not in that sense of didn't think much of her i just never thought about her mm -hmm. a lot and that really made me start thinking and and feeling sorry for her what what, what was what was your take well it takes a lot for someone to just accept a role and I felt like with the, her relationship with uh, Prince Philip, I was I was a bit kind of like feeling so much anger towards him and feeling bad for her at the same time because she had kind of no choice but to take on the role because she didn't want to disappoint her family, didn't want to disappoint the monarchy, she didn't want to disappoint practically everybody even the whole country and you know the commonwealth on top of that so she had the world on her shoulders if you think about it and with her relationship with philip i kind of was just like i wanted to throw something at my tv because i'm like how could you you know and uh, for myself like being this 30 year old and i'm thinking if i was crowned queen in her position five years ago 
how do you even you know live your life and be able to do the things that you're supposed to do at such a young age so i, I develop a huge amount of respect for her yeah, do you remember the scene i think we're in season one where they were planning on moving into their own home like prince philip had started to redecorate the mm -hmm. home and they were super happy mm -hmm. that to me felt like such a pivot point when they took their home away and sort of took away his passion, I guess, passion project. Yeah. Um, that to me spelled the beginning of the end, I thought, or the beginning of hard times for them. Yeah. No, definitely. Cause he felt like he was out of control. He didn't have a say cause it's all about the queen and the queen and the monarchy, like the way he would say it. And, um, but as you know, the years went by and we got to see a lot of events happen and I think it was season three where he kind of just woken up and seeing them reconnect in their relationship. I was a bit like, oh, okay, I'm seeing a different side of Philip. Plus, we got to see his past as a child, which yeah. kind of explained a lot for the way he acted. Absolutely did. And it upped my sympathy for him because he was definitely being painted in my mind as an unlikely, mm -hmm. unlikable character. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, you have a lot of baggage too. There's a lot of baggage in that series uh, on all the characters. And can we talk about Prince Charles for a minute? Mm-hmm. Oh, someone else who I, again, never really thought about a lot, mm -hmm. um, but didn't think of very warmly. And then my heart just broke a thousand times yeah the charles episode yeah same here and i felt like he just wanted to be himself and the neglect like i i don't know how we don't well most of it they say it's true from facts from interviews etc but realistically we don't we don't know what is a hundred percent what's what's fake and not but I really felt so bad for him of him wanting to actually, you know what, let me go speak to my mom, but it's like, I have to go speak to the queen and there's these two different personalities. And it's like, I understand being the queen or anybody in a higher power has a lot of responsibility, but at the same time, like, don't forget about your family. Yeah. You had five kids. That's great. But how about we just center back and focus on your children because they are the future of your country as well. That's a great point. I was just thinking back to the scene where Charles comes running home and wants to see the queen after he's made his speech in Welsh mm -hmm. and was so excited, like a young kid again. Mm -hmm. And just the way the queen literally said, no one wants to hear what you have to say. Yeah. That crushed me. That, Right, and and she was saying it both as his mother and his and his monarch, and I oh, ouchie, just yeah, it it, it was like a stab in the heart for him and for me because I was like, how could you like this? This could be the person that could change things and create change and be open. And you know what? I'm glad he had a relationship with uh, her uncle because he was kind of you know, step down and I'm here for love and not for this, you know, monarchy, et cetera, et cetera. And was painted like kind of like the black sheep and, you know, everyone disagreed with him. But at the end of the day, it kind of made sense how it all kind of connected. It did. And it really is interesting to me how these plot threads jump into today's headlines when we think about Meghan and Harry and their little son and what they're doing to try and protect their, their relationship and their family. It really is a through line that has transcended uh, television and gone right into the newspaper. It's really powerful and, and again, sad, I think. Mm -hmm. it, it really is because I you know what, if Diana was really still here with us, I felt, I felt like everything could have been different. Like kids would have just been 
she would have given her kids the option to kind of like, hey, did you want to continue on with this? You can still do your your good deeds, which they do amazing good deeds and they, you know, do charities and all of that. And but also kind of did you still want to be part of this royal duties? Because that's a whole nother world. And for them to break out, we see that Harry was kind of the one that was, you know, from his past, we've seen he's done, made decisions and, you know, he's the one that kind of like, eh, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want type of attitude. But now having Megan, it's, I feel like, well, I don't understand why people are blaming Megan for his actions, for him leaving. At the end of the day, they're two different people who they love each other and they want the best for themselves and for their child. And when Harry expressed recently how, um, I think seeing the cameras gives him that trauma of his mother. Yep. I was just like, okay, you know what? You're doing the right decision. It's really interesting that you bring that up too, because I feel like Diana paid the ultimate price for trying to be a person Mm -hmm. as well as a royal. And I think you're right when Harry says, I'm having flashbacks, how can your heart not break? And you say, you know, yeah, he absolutely needs a life. And I I think you're right. If she was still here, I, I think she would have advocated for their freedom or liberation is that you know is that too strong of a word they're take, going on their own way yeah sooner and probably maybe would have been able to help it happen but it's it's good to see especially going back down to the crown for a second how people's lives are forever stifled at mm-hmm. least as, as it's depicted in the crown that people fighting for their own lives feels necessary and, and positive yeah it's just an awkward situation because unfortunately any royal child to talk to their mother or father who is either king or queen it's like they can't separate that boundary it's like well can i go speak to the queen and it's he goes into his mom's room and it's just like it's like you can't even say mom hey mom (laughs) like it's it's more of a mummy like it's a very strong tone of a mummy and opposed to saying just mummy i'm here you know and i just it broke my heart because it's like that's that really sucks because you never really had a relationship with your mom you're making me think of i've read a number of articles about family businesses and how it can be very very difficult to work in a family business Mm -hmm. and also dovetails with cake boss one of my true great food-related TV obsessions, but- oh, love it. <laughs> isn't Cake Boss the best? Oh, it's so good. I just want to eat everything. <laughs> it's so amazing. And then, yeah, and then the, fa- like the family dramas, they get woven oh, in and geez. out and, and how, it, you know, how he inherited the mantle. But I guess what I was thinking is, it's like working, being in, in the royal family is like being in the ultimate family-owned business, although they don't technically own the business. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you're saying, you're, you're, your mom, instead of being able to call her mom, you have to be calling her your majesty or mum your mom or all that kind of stuff. And you're on all the time. It's like a 24 hour a day job. Like even the cake boss gets to go home and kick back with his family and just be buddy. Exactly. And that's, that's what's nice of seeing cake boss because he's, he works his butt off early in the morning until the evening. I think he makes it, I think I've heard he tries to make it for dinner all the time. Like dinner's like the thing where he needs to be home. Uh, unless otherwise there's like a huge project but dinner is like a family thing plus they come with an italian background of a culture where family is like number one but yeah going back to how they work as a family that's pretty stressful and plus i think he's what the only son out of like four sisters yes okay that's a lot of estrogen all in itself but like (laughs) you know (laughs) it's it's much like for me if i have to work with more than probably well i work with a lot of men so there's an equal balance i notice but for me to be working when i worked at a gym and it was all women it was like oh my gosh like how do we control everybody how do i control myself how do we just come up with an equal like decision here so him it's like it's constant you know you got strong personalities like well this wasn't done and the customer said this and this and that and it's just like whoa everyone gets riled up once they hear it it's true it, there's a lot of a lot of passion i love me goes 
it's mia familia yeah <laughs> in, in the beginning exactly i think i think he works the uh baby boy because i think he's the youngest is he, is yeah he, he i think he is the youngest yeah i get the feeling he works that even now he's like hey you guys you know i'm your baby brother i'm really cute like you gotta kind of like me and they're all like okay buddy and then <laughs> you know i see a lot of that I wish we had more time to talk about the foot model subplot with his sister, Mary, which is what I'm in right now. And I'm loving every second of it. I don't know <laughs> if you saw those episodes. Not yet. Oh, wait till you get to the foot. It's hilarious. It is. We'll have to text or chat again. Cause it for is, sure. it's delightful. And I didn't know that, you know, she got a foot model. She auditions for a foot modeling agent, which again, who knew? And then the, the cake baking is happening in the next room. It's great. It's a must watch TV. Must see TV. Oh man. It's like when I used to watch Duck Dynasty uh-huh. and you know, you got three sons. So you got the father who started this business and kind of just said, you know what, whatever it is, what it is. If I sell this many duck calls, that's what I do. And then, but as this, the kids got older and the, the one son who went to university, he kind of just blew the, um, the company out of proportion where they don't need to work for the rest of their lives it's like out of the and he's the middle one so it's nice to see the dynamic and they don't i don't believe they have i think they have other siblings but they're not on the show but um it's nice to see that dynamic where you got the middle child now saying you know what i can make this grow make this like the best retirement for my for my parents and for my whole entire family. And they work as a family. You can see that conflict where work needs to get done. They're kind of like, eh, it's going to get done. Don't worry about it. Why stress about it? We've got all day, you know, and they take two hour lunches and you see that happen on the show and they come back and they're just working it. But at the end of the day, we don't know what's true. What's not. Are they just doing it for the show? I've, I've heard they do work together, but it's like, okay, buddy being the youngest taking over the business. Now you got a middle child who has this grand idea who have accomplished that idea and turned this business to international. And it's interesting to see that. It is. I find it all completely compelling and to see all the dynamics and also how they work with conflict. Always, like you say, it's always really interesting. And then the different ideas and how they find, find a way to work together. Or maybe, you know, in some cases don't. Uh, the one I'm seeing so far is people working together and figuring it out little micro differences, you know, like yeah, yeah. cake flavor in the cake, case of cake boss, but nothing, I, they would probably leave the big fights off, off the TV, but it's encouraging to me and inspiring. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Cause like they say, you can't work with family and sometimes people manage, right? There's yeah. a company here that my company contracted and that I work for and um, it's all family. And I'm just like, wow everything seems like it's running smooth ship. Like you've got every single um, son part of this company who's learning the ropes and everything. And I'm just like, this is pretty good. Like everyone's got their own um, tasks. Everyone's got their own thing and they're working together just to help each other grow. And it's fantastic. That's really exciting. And it's really inspiring to hear. Yeah. Now, Sharon, where can we find you? You can find me uh, at smilesongs.com. That is the online store for the art prints and t-shirts and all fun gifts that sing you happy songs. I'm on Instagram, and that's smile underscore songs. Also Pinterest, which is smile songs. Uh, Social media is... uh, my happy place. I'm really enjoying creating visuals these days. It's, it's new for me and finding ways to make uh, little song excerpts on the posts. And I'd love to chat with people. So if you're an Insta person, let's, let's be friends. For sure. We'll definitely be friends. Yay. I would love that. It's been so nice to meet you and talk with you, Angelica. Likewise. And I appreciate your time on being on the show. We have a common interest in the crowd. Cannot wait for the new season. That's if they're planning on one. <laughs> totally. I, I think, well, we know where we're headed. I think, how could you stop now? Exactly. No, I, we, they got to keep going. I need, I need something. That's this, it's good. You can't, you can't let it stop. It's got to keep going. 
I think that's a good motto for all of us, actually. That sounds we got to keep going. Got to keep on keeping on. Yeah, that's right. That's also true as well. But thank you so much for sharing about smile songs. Everything's going to be in the show notes to all the listeners out there. Um, and have fun in Colorado this winter. <laughs> yeah, and, and have fun in Toronto. And again, if the fates bring you down this way, give a holler and we, I'll take you around. I'll show you the little winery. I'll show you uh, the smile songs, art prints up at the local gallery, all that groovy stuff is all waiting for you. And I'll do a little Colorado promo. It's a great state to be. Oh my God. Thank you so much for that. And of course, same to you. If you're ever in Toronto, let me know and I will show you around this crazy city that I live in. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. That would be a pleasure. This is one of the happy things about uh, the digital universe is meeting somebody and feeling like you've made a new friend. I'm really honored and excited to have met you. Same. Likewise, I feel the same way and we'll definitely keep in touch. Absolutely. Let's do it. And we'll have to like text when we're both watching The Crown. When season four comes out, we'll have to make a little viewing party. Yeah, we do. We really do. <laughs> so good. I love that idea. Let's do it. To all my listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And that's all we have for now. Hi, my name is Casey Gonzalez. I'm with Chef Salty Pork. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark from the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, the local massage therapist. And you're listening to a little bit of everything with Angela Are you enjoying a little bit of everything with me? Then buy me a coffee. Yes, you heard right. Buy me a coffee. All the coffee you buy me will go towards new equipment, a backdrop for my YouTube channel, and continue to keep the podcast ad-free, and obviously to keep going with weekly episodes. So buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash everythingwithange. Once again, it's ko-fi.com slash everything with Ange. That link will be in the show notes for you. And thank you for buying me a coffee and supporting the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to. That's it for now. And thanks for listening on a little bit of everything with me.